could use a laugh right now I could use a real good cry I could use a big old fight When we wake up and it's all alright I keep going on walks to clear my head I'm counting the clouds to get over the dread All the time I wasted letting you Hey everyone and welcome back to CDY Blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. I'm your host Max Bowen and my next guest has been from Boston to LA and back again and you better believe there are stories to tell. Singer-songwriter Stephanie James is back. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here again. Thanks so much. So happy to be here. So good to see you and, and chat. I can't wait. Oh, definitely. How are you? I, I am doing fantastic. I am doing really good. It's summer, which means we're back into like festival season, the outdoor shows and all that. Uh, of course, living in Massachusetts, we only get this brief window where we can have the outdoor stuff. That's back to boom, freezing cold and rain. So we enjoy it while we can. And how about you? How have you been? Yeah, I've been great. Um, you know, happy. It's summer. I agree. You know, I love how much we appreciate the weather and the seasons here. Like the first warm day, everyone's ready to go to the beach and leave work early. And so it's really nice. And it's always fun to do shows outside as long as you don't eat too many mosquitoes while you're singing. <laughs> eat too many bugs. Uh, okay. Moving on to a different topic. Um, actually, speaking of the, of the outdoor stuff, I was at the Green River Festival last weekend, and first time there, but it's such a cool thing, and I gotta say, the Wood Brothers, you guys fucking killed it, okay? They were one of the bands I saw, and they absolutely annihilated it, so if you haven't heard them before, find them on your various music platforms, they are worth a listen, and hopefully they didn't eat, uh, eat too many bugs. Hopefully not. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Fun. But let us divert the conversation back to you because there's a lot to cover here. So you were last on the show a little over three years ago. You had recently made the move to Los Angeles after living in Boston for a while, and now you're back in Boston. You've been back there for a little while. So uh, tell me really what happened that you made this move back and kind of what it's been for you just being back in the city. You know, like a lot of people, I moved back you know, back home in March, 2020, I had the intention of going back to LA, but, um, you know, things, life happens when you're busy making other plans. And so I ended up staying around and I'm, I'm really happy to be back. And I traveled to LA to do some, you know, recording and shows here and there. And so it's been a really good balance and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back. And, uh, you know, I never felt like I was grounded in LA because the one year and two months that I lived there, I was constantly tra traveling back to, um, to Boston to do, you know, to do performances and, and work and stuff and such. So yeah, it, it's just, it's good to be back. I'm happy. <laughs> so, so Ellie Nunch never really felt like home to you? No, I never really had time to settle in. And I, I had so many connections with music here. I felt like I had a, a good home base and to utilize, you know, the resources and things that I had here. So what would you say were some of the best LA experiences? Yeah. One of my favorite moments in LA, uh, was all the time I spent in the studio with Jarrell. Uh, he re recorded my album for me and, you know, LA was super crazy and overwhelming and that was a safe space. And 
He always made this really good matcha green tea and it was the best for the voice, peppermint, I think. And uh, we just had a blast and I am, I'm grateful for all those moments because where I felt like, okay, I'm doing the right thing and just really grateful for that. So if someone to say, hey, tell me your craziest like LA story, what would you tell them? I don't know if I have any too, like too many crazy stories. Um, there was one night I was doing a show with my friend Keith Cullen, who is an amazing artist. Um, and we had just finished the show and I was ready, getting ready for to get my car from the valet. And in walks Natalie Portman and Rihanna. And I'm standing next to my friend and I'm like, was, was that Rihanna? Like, I couldn't even believe it. Like, just walked past me and they were going into the hotel where we just had our show. Um, I think it was the Roosevelt Theater Hollywood Hotel, I think. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they could have seen us play, you know, whatever. But um, that was kind of cool. Um, oh, my sure. God. My head would have exploded because I'm a huge Portman fan. of. I love a lot of her movies. Yeah, my head would have exploded. Like, is, is that, is she, what the hell? Yeah, it was crazy. And honestly, I'm not a big party person, so I was never in that scene, um, like, going and, you know, trying to meet celebrities and be cool, because it's, like, not my vibe. <laughs> I'm such a grandma. I'm, like, home with my tea. I'm, like, after my shows, I'm, like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> hey, you know, um, that that's, that, that's you know, just your vibe, you know? That's just kind of, like, who you are. And, and yeah, on, honestly, neither am I. Like, I'm the kind of guy that's, like, okay, show's over. I'm going home, you know, get some rest and so forth. So, yeah, I, I, I hear you there, Stephanie. I hear you there. So, so you definitely got, got to see some of the major stars while you were out there. How about musicians? I didn't get to meet anyone like crazy, but, you know, a lot of my friends it really, really inspire me. And it's, I'm really grateful to see them do so well. Um, Did you get the chance to see any like big, big bands kind of while you're out there? Oh, I did get to see Sarah Bareilles at the Hollywood Bowl, and I've seen her so many times. And Emily King opened, and uh, who another artist that I adore, and I've seen a bunch. Uh, and it was cool because I went with my old roommate that I had in college, and we had seen Sarah Bareilles when we were um, in Boston, and so it was kind of cool that we were in LA and got to see got to see our girl Sarah. Um, yeah, and then there were so many. Gr- there was always great music all the time. One of my favorite venues is Hotel Cafe, and there's this show called Jesse and Friends. And before I was kind of like gatekeeping this show because you would go and this host would say, "Hey, you know, we've got some you know guest artists, songwriters, and then there'll be some special guests." And so some person I didn't know would get on stage. They'd be like, Hey, my name's Sarah. And I wrote this song. And the next thing you know, they're playing Selena Gomez's like top hit song or Justin Bieber or Katy Perry. And like, you don't, you don't really know who the songwriters are. And it's, you know, I, I learned a lot about all the people who work behind the scenes, especially the writers. And that was really cool to see. Um, I remember one time Rebecca Black was one of the special guests and she did Friday, Friday, but she did like a a slowed down version. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, those were really fun shows to go to. Oh my God. Nice. Nice. What would you say was the vibe of LA and how did it kind of differ from Boston? Mm, I could go on and on about this, but my, 
my biggest takeaway of LA is it's everything and nothing of what you expect it to be is kind of how I describe it. If you just see it in the movies and then you get there and you're like, this is it? Like, this is, this is it? Everything is so far away. Yeah, I don't know. I miss the food. The food was amazing. I really miss the food um, and friends in, in Malibu the most. <laughs> Ooh, cool, cool. Any particular restaurants that were kind of your go-tos? You know, I there was this one place called Magpies. It's like a soft serve place, and there's one in Silver Lake. I love. I'm an ice cream gal, so I always would go there. And then another taco stand that was um, where I lived. But I spent a lot of alone time there, and I would just explore the different neighborhoods. I'd go get a coffee, go for a walk, try to learn about you know something, go into some, some stores, whatever, and just kind of learn about LA and and the different neighborhoods, which was really fun. Um, but also super, super lonely. Um, I remember one night I was in, I think it was Atwater village at this, the pizza place was called hail Mary. That's what it was. And I remember I sat there and I ate this pizza on a Friday night and the, the waiter came up to me and he like felt sorry for me. And he's like, do you need anything? And I'm like, I'm, do I look bad? <laughs> like, do I, do I look like I need help? <laughs> like, it was really nice, but I was like, does this, do I look really bad? So whatever. I, I liked that. I, I enjoyed the alone time. I learned a lot about myself and a lot about, you know, my, my relationships with people and, just kind of like, what are we doing with this adulting music life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that I think when it comes to moving, it's a good chance to, like you said, learn about who you are and how you deal with these different situations. What would you say were some of the best lessons you kind of got from the experience? Everyone, everyone is real. Everyone really only cares about themselves, which is a really hard thing to re- kind of reckon with. But then it gives you this kind of realization that like, I can really be there for myself if no one else is going to. And I can decide how good I want to be to myself and be kind to myself and like, you know, talk nicely. And it sounds a little woo woo to some folks, but like um, when you're all alone and you're trying to have a career and there's not a lot of people to lean on, it's you realize you can lean on yourself. And I had written a lot about that <laughs> when I was there. And so. Yeah. Uh, that almost yeah. sounds like a bit of a downer thought, but from the coming from you, it sounds more like a personal strength. Like you're learning to rely on yourself and stand up for yourself. Totally. And I think that this happens for everyone in, in different parts of their life, whether, you know, some people hang out with their college friends for years some people move away from home and go to a boarding school when they're in high school whatever it may be some people leave the country I think that there's always a point when uh people make those like big leaps and and changes whether it's like they get married or whatever it just happens but for everyone at different stages and for me this was my first time away from home away from comfort and really saying whoa (laughs) like Whoa. <laughs> yeah. The first time is always the hardest time. I did this uh, about four, uh, five years ago. I moved uh, down to Philly. Now, I was lucky because I had some friends I crashed with while I was down there. And it didn't wind up working out, obviously, because I'm back here in Mass. But 
yeah, that was my first time really living away from the comforts of home and the familiarities. And yeah, it was a shock to get used to. It is. And I think that a lot of times it's like, okay, you grow in uncomfortable spaces. And I totally believe that. But I also think that a lot of growth and knowing yourself and, and being happy comes from being having comfort. I think that life is really stressful and crazy in this world. And you can look at all the negative things um, and it can feel overwhelming. But it's like if you can have certain things that bring you comfort, why would you not want to have comfort? Yeah. You know, but on the other on the other side of that coin, I think that until you throw yourself off that net, you're never going to know what you can do and you're never going to know what's out there. So if you kind of stay with the same things forever, you just never know. And I think it's good to sort of every so often just throw yourself off that moving train, kind of see where you land and just kind of roll with that. Right. Until it feels bad. Exactly. You, Until you decide, okay, I'm I done did. with this. <laughs> Until you decide, okay, this sucks. I'm, 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 going, I'm going back home, which is entirely okay. Some things don't work out, and you shouldn't stay there and suffer just for the sake of, oh, I'm having this adventure. I'm going to just keep suffering in a place where I'm not happy. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's like we don't need to lie to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exa- yeah, exactly. You had the adventure uh, leveled up in life basically and now it's back to you know to a spot that is going to bring you joy and that's what counts Mm -hmm. so with that in mind you've traded you know 80 degrees year round and lots of sun for you know the worst drivers in the entire country (laughs) six months of cold weather (laughs) um but in in all seriousness you are you've been back in the boston area for about i think a year or so give or take what was it like to come back there it's been great I, you know, when I came back, I, I just had so much time to, to work on music and write and finally those songs are coming out and yeah, I got into, I got into like taking my meditation practice more seriously. I do yoga every day now and uh, I gratitude journal and I know it may sound a little woo woo, like whatever. And but I, I'm doing a lot of these things and it's been really, really sweet. And uh, I've also enjoyed being, I'm really close to my family and I, I have um, some nieces that I adore. And so it's just, uh, I, I love being around family. It's been great about being home. Any favorite spots in the, in the city that you were just dying to get back to once you were back on the East Coast? Yeah, I couldn't wait to go uh, to Brighton Music Hall and... Um, I really like the lily pad in Cambridge. It's so quaint. Um, the Red Room at Cafe 939 is a favorite spot. We did a show there a couple years ago. The Beehive is always fun. There's a lot of great places, and hopefully there'll be more more places for the local artists to play. Yeah, I was really sad to hear some of them. I know, I know, I know that some that closed, and they're trying to get them back up and running, but there are some that were gone. I guess they're just kind of gone, gone. And that's kind of a bummer because, like, I lived in Boston for about eight years, so I really got familiar with a lot of the venues. And I thought to myself, man, I've been to that place so many times. Like, Great Scott, um, I think, was one of the first ones to close down. And I thought, man, I've been to more shows at Great Scott than I think anywhere else because it was, like, down the street from where I used to live. And uh, hearing that they shut their doors, like, that, man, that, that, that really got me. <laughs> that, 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 you know, broke the old heart a little bit. 
Right. I thought they might have reopened. They, they might have. And, I, I'm not in, in the loop as much as they used to be, so they could be back. I know they were trying okay. to for a while. They had a location. I think that kind of fell through. I think they're still, you know, working to make it happen, or maybe they already have. Who knows? I'm not the uh, the fountain of information that I used to be, unfortunately. But <laughs> uh, we've also seen a lot of new places open, and that's really good, too. It's good to see that there's that investment in the music scene that new people say, yes, I want to run a venue here. Right, and hopefully they're you know going to pay the musicians and not have them do pay-to-play garbage. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. Right, we can only hope. We're just, we can only hope. Yeah. One place that I used to go to all the time, it's called uh, Little Steve's. It's this pizza place near Berkeley College of Music. And I think it's still around, actually. I'm hoping it is because I, I do miss that spot. That was always a great spot for me to go to. Just walking across the Mass Ave Bridge as you go from, like, Boston proper into Cambridge and just seeing the cityscape at night, especially was always so just beautiful. You know, I always love doing that. Never get tired of that view. It's stunning. It's stunning. And there's a great venue now next to, I don't know if little Steve's is still there, but it's called the bebop and they don't really, they don't have bebop music. They have all kinds of music and it's a cool stage and the owner there, they're really kind. Um, Yeah. They're great there. (laughs) And the musicians here, too. The Boston music scene, it's a mixed bag. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but the the real the real ones, like, I am so grateful. Like, I love I love the people here. They have your back. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, the scene has definitely changed a lot. And, yeah, there are some folks, they know who they are. But there are others who are just, like, the real deal. Can you give us a few examples of the ones that you're really happy to be back in proximity to? Just uh, mostly my my band and the people that I play with um, and just other bands and some other singers that are, you know, just supportive. And it's not so much about being competitive. It's just like we're just all trying to trying to make good music here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and you've also been doing a lot of shows. I saw you recently did um, uh, a So Far Sounds show. I think that was a, a little while ago. And you've been just doing a lot of, you know, getting back getting back on the uh, Boston stages. Uh, what's that been like for you? It's been great. It's been great. In January, we sold out the Haymarket Lounge at City Winery. And we're going to be back on the main stage August 23rd. So get your tickets, everybody. I I think we'll sell out the main room. That's the goal. It's And it's funny because when I... One of my goals a few years ago was like, oh, I love City Winery because I've seen, you know, so many awesome acts come through there. I love that it's a listening room, you know. Uh, so I was like, it'd be so cool to play there one day. And now I'm playing there. And so I'm like, OK, that's that's one goal of a thousand that I have. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And we've done some so far shows. Um, we do some like private like house concerts as well. So that's really fun, too. And yeah, it's been great. Yeah. It's been great. <laughs> I have yet to go to City Winery. It's one of the newer places I know. I haven't gone there yet. I'm hoping to uh, hoping to address that you know mistake in the very near future. Definitely, we'll have to come August twenty third. It's a Wednesday night, so yeah, it's not that, like... <laughs> that's doable for me. Living like like hundred miles away, sure, no problem. <laughs> 
I'll come to it where I'll come to where you live and I'll do a show in that area. I, Western Mass. Right? I would you know what? Play at the Marigold. It's right here in um in East Hampton. Very Boston vibes to it. Actually reminds me a lot of some of the Cambridge uh, venues that I used to go to. So yes. You you would fit in right you would fit in perfectly in this area, actually. I say it to a lot of folks that Western Mass has a great music scene. You have places like the Iron Horse and the Academy of Music. Those are the two big ones, but there's a lot of a lot of venues actually. I haven't yet to go to all of them. But it's got a great scene out here, and uh, yeah, you would absolutely fit in perfectly out here. Let's do it. We'll figure it out. We'll make this happen. After this episode, we're (laughs) We're going to make some plans. (laughs) Make some plans. I like this. All right. So you've mentioned the new music. This is actually, as I understand it, your first release since uh, your last EP, Unbreakable. You've got the more recent release, Just Like Me, which I have been absolutely loving. And as I was listening to it, I thought, you know, this has some very Boston vibes to it. I can't say how exactly, but it just kind of does. But I'm curious as to the story in this song. Thanks so much. Boston vibes. That's interesting. I love to know to know what, what that means. But uh, As soon as I cool. figure out, I'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the lyrics really, you know, speak to speak to the truth of of the matter here uh it's funny i was with a good friend of mine noah luber we were just in the kitchen hanging out making food because when i co-write we need to have snacks like there's no questions about it no questions so we're just hanging out and i went on instagram and i saw this picture of this girl with my ex-boyfriend and i looked closely and i was like okay (laughs) like she's cute whatever and then she was holding this bouquet of flowers and so I'm thinking oh my god did he get her the flowers she has and I I used to have long hair I'm like oh she has long hair she's really I'm like she she kind of looks like me and I I kept thinking about how my ex never got me flowers and so I was kind of like venting to my friend Noah like oh my god like what what's going on here and I was like I think we should write about this and then we got to the piano and it was one of those songs that really just kind of flowed really smoothly and I adore Noah he's an amazing writer based in Nashville and uh we had a blast and it was kind of like this ballady type vibe and then we ended up producing it kind of you know more upbeat and and fun (laughs) man i i would love to know the train of thought that you were on during this whole like inner monologue well i don't i'm not mad at her and i'm not mad at him i just there are so there i'm the song sounds a little petty but we got to amp up the drama a little bit for the art you know and uh it's funny because uh a lot of people write songs you know, writing to the ex specifically, but this was a song that I was writing to the ex's new girlfriend, Ah. you know, so the, I don't see that perspective often. And so it was kind of, it was fun. Hmm. It was fun to do that. (laughs) Did it cause you to kind of look at your situation with you and your ex in a different way? A little, a little bit. There were a lot of thoughts running through my head that day and they just got on the paper and they got, they got in my brain and out of my mouth to sing, and that's what happened. And uh, I did recently listen to a John Mayer podcast, and he was talking about how 
you know, songs sound like they're about somebody, but they really could be about many people or this collective emotion that occurred when dating someone or whatever, having your heart broken. And I, I don't remember exactly what he said. I don't want to misquote him, but, you know, just because I had written that song about one specific ex, it could be, you know, you could apply it to several situations if you wanted. You could elaborate. You can can always just go for it. Yeah, yeah. Was this your first time writing a song about a past relationship? Oh God, no. <laughs> I've been writing about I've been writing and when I was in middle school, I had a crush on like five boys at once. I'd be like, oh my God. Steven looked at me. He totally has a crush on me. And then I would write like poems in my notebook and yeah. Oh God. When, so, when you're that age, every single glance is like, oh, they like me. They really like me. And then you see them talking to someone else. You think, oh God, they hate me. And it's the emotional roller coaster of high school. Yeah. Yeah. I w- it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Had no idea. Yeah. Had no idea. It's a good thing that we didn't didn't date any of the crushes I had in middle school. So the universe was looking out for yeah. me. <laughs> for the best. For the best. When it was all said and done and the song was out there, did you kind of feel better just about everything you had gone through with him and what was happening afterwards? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. A little bit. I mean, I don't want to, I don't, I feel like I overshare enough in the songs, but mm. uh Sometimes you release the music and you're in a different place than what you were in when you wrote it, you know? So sometimes it just, uh, it feels, it feels different and, and that's okay. And it's going to feel different to the listeners. So I think that that's, what's the beauty of music is like everyone's interpretation. Sure. Sure. Over time. Have you gotten a lot of interpretations from listeners? I have. I I did ask around a little bit on Instagram before I had released it. And I said something along the lines of like, have you ever dated anyone? Or do you have a type when you date? And a lot of people said yes. Some people even went as far to say that they had dated five people named Sarah. Like they had a thing with a name. And that really struck me. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I, that just seems a little too close. Um but yeah, it's a, it's definitely it's super common. I mean, do you? I think people have a type, and it definitely happens. What about you? Do you think has that ever happened? Where I dated someone that they were similar to someone else I, I dated. Yeah, or someone you dated, you know, dated someone that looked like Ooh. you, or. Uh, you know, um, gosh, that's a good question. I would say that there was a period, especially when I lived in the city, that I was dating a similar type of person. And that may be why nothing ever really worked out. <laughs> I was kind of dating the wrong type, you know. I think right. in, I think in hindsight I was looking at the wrong qualities, and there were other people that I knew or maybe that I kind of encountered that may may have been like better matches, better connections in the long run. But because they didn't fulfill some weird criteria, I was I wasn't really looking at them as closely. Um, so mm. yeah, I think there was a period where I was sort of going after the same type and. You know, none of them went anywhere, frankly. And in hindsight, it's like, yeah, it was pretty obvious. I was, I was just going in the wrong way. Mm. Dang. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you have 
you know, figured out that wasn't your type because you seem so happy now. I am very happy. I'm, I definitely got the right, got the right person. She's right for me. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's interesting because if you were to ask me what makes it work, I couldn't really put my finger on one particular quality. It just, it just does, you know, it just mm. does. And I'm very happy for that. That's so sweet. I love that. I love love. Yeah. I love it. Me too. Me too. It's a good thing. Need more of it out there. Need more of it. Yes. Um, Even though. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I'm curious, how do you think you've sort of grown as an artist since Unbreakable came out? So those song, that, songs on that album were songs that I had. Let me start over. So all the songs on my album Unbreakable, for the most part, were written towards the end of college so let's let's go back uh, that's 2018 to 2019 era of my life and then it came out in 2020 the songs that i have coming out now i wrote a year or a year and a half ago so it just kind of puts into perspective that's what's so trippy about releasing music is because it just changes so much and when you when you release the music, it's like, I'm already like yesterday I was doing a writing session and I'm already excited for that to come out, but I know it's not going to be out for a year. You know, it's just the name of the game. And, uh, luckily I, I play out a lot of my songs, so that's the most fun, but releasing songs still feels like, you know, very odd. I'm not used to it. (laughs) Do you ever feel any kind of pressure behind the release? Like, oh, this has to, you know, have certain number of streams or certain number of whatevers. It's tricky because numbers are really important, but also numbers don't determine whether you made good art or not. And it's not my job to judge the art. It's everyone else's job. I'm just the the means of creating this music that maybe did or didn't come from me. You know, like Hmm. it came from this other place, you know, I'm just the vehicle for it. And I'm happy to, to do that. We want to grow. I do want to grow the numbers and I, the pressure is there. I, um, lucky to get a lot of plays on just like me. So we're growing we're baby steps though. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You talked about playing out your music. Do you ever like, uh, sort of test fire your songs on stage before you decide, yeah, we're going to record this thing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I love, I love testing out the songs and I do kind of like, uh, I'm really deliberate when I am performing live with the order of the songs, how I introduce them, certain things, and it helps get good feedback. Um, there's nothing like getting feedback from people who don't know you at a bar or whatever, and they hear your songs like that is the best feedback. How do you know if a song just isn't working out? Hmm. I'm a very, I'm a feelings person. So I can just tell when the vibe is not right, whether it's internal or I can read the crowd and be like, okay, this isn't working. Or even my band members will be, you know, confused or, you know, they will stay. <laughs> they're usually not though. They're like, we love this song. Uh, so it usually works out, but you can you know when a song is 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 a song that people would probably want to hear. There are certain elements of it. You cannot can't necessarily describe it, but you know, most of my writing is pop style writing, you know, classic song form, you know, repetition, trying to have, you know, 
hooky melodies, all that stuff. So I'm like, it needs to have these elements and important things to make it so people will care for more than 10 seconds to listen to it. <laughs> exactly. Well, then we should definitely talk about your soon-to-be-released single, I Could Use a Laugh. Now, as of the time of this recording, it is out in just uh, one more day. The vibe I got from listening to this one, it seems to come from a place of sadness, but uh, is that the case? Totally. Totally. I I wrote this one in my room really late at night and it just it just flowed out of me the the chorus and yeah I I think the lyrics say a lot and it's not just about one person or one situation it's about kind of shedding this this um the way that I let people treat me and how I treat myself and yeah. So of course I'm sure you have about a bajillion songs in the back of your mind. Uh, do you think they're going to follow a similar vein to just like me or I could use a laugh? I think so. I think so. I, that's kind of an era. This, this, the EP that I'm going to be releasing in August is called down and it's really, it talks about all the down moments a little bit. And then I've written a lot of love songs lately and I'm excited for that to be kind of the next chapter. So I feel like it's an era of kind of this EP is, you know, this is some things we went through and these are some good things we're going through coming forward. Mm. So what do you think is lying ahead for you? You know, you've been, been you've been back in the city for a, for a while, certainly becoming pretty established now, playing shows and selling out venues. Uh, what do you think's next for you? Do you think uh, you're on kind of a good path? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Taylor Swift is probably going to call me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you never know. Uh, you never know. No, she could be a secret fan know. of this podcast. We're manifesting. We're into that. Exactly. Uh, you know, I. I really just want to grow my fan base in Boston with shows and, and growing the community and then New York and, and Nashville and other cities. And, you know, whether it's even locally, like just like the new England States, there's, there's a lot of places to play. And I also want to go across to Europe. People are like, you belong, your music, you should be playing in Berlin and you should be in London. And I'm like, okay, like how though? It just seems so far away. But <laughs> yeah. I need to make it happen. Yeah. It's like so. easy to say, but how do I actually get over there? How much is it going to cost? Where am I going to play? Although from what I hear from other artists from actually this area, when they get the chance to play over there, it's like sold out packed houses. I think it's a different vibe, a different appreciation. Totally. I'm ready. I'm ready to be playing and touring more. And I would love to open for some, you know, artists that I look up to. That would be that would be the next step touring because I love I love performing. That's my happy place. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about about performing, because I don't think I've ever actually seen you live at a show, which I will fix at some point in time. Um, <laughs> what's it like being up on stage, getting to share your stories? It's the best. I. I have loved being on stage since I was 12 and realized like, oh, I am in control of the the emotions and making people laugh or cry or smile or dance. And that's a lot of power, you know, and it's not coming from a narcissistic place of like, I have the power. It's like, wow, I can use my voice and music to kind of 
change the flow of what's going on in these people's lives in just, you know, a short amount of time. And I love that. I love playing with the band. I love that, the energy. I also love the spontaneity of things of like, there's a mess up or maybe, you know, every time, you know, I sing one of my songs, whether it's been like the first time I'm singing it or it's the hundredth time, every time it's got to be a little different. Whatever I'm going through in my life is a little different. What my voice is like that day is different. And it's just kind of like something to embrace of, of that. And, and the audience is different like that. It's like that moment in time. It's that's all you have is that show that one night. And then it's different the next. Mm. Does it ever get old? No, the only thing that gets old for me is when people are disrespectful and whether that's sound engineers or people in the crowd being disrespectful. I don't put up with any of that anymore. So. Oh, okay. So you just shut that. So you, so you just like shut that shit right down. Oh yeah. I don't have any tolerance for that, for rude or disrespectful people, whether it's to me or my team. No. <laughs> Good. Good. We should never put up with that kind of crap in our lives. Never. No, no. Not when we're trying to make music, especially. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephanie, we are coming down to the end of the conversation, uh, but I, of course, want to talk about what is next. We talked about, of course, the album, Down, coming out in August, and uh, you mentioned the show on the 23rd at, at uh, City Winery, but what else can people look forward from you in the, in the future? Yes, yeah, so we have an acoustic video, a live video of Just Like Me coming out in July, and then I also have... Um, another single called Malibu coming out in, in July as well. So everyone needs to follow on Spotify, subscribe to my mailing list so you don't miss a thing. And I'm sure I will have some more so far shows. And uh, yeah, I'm collecting on the email list on my website. There's a spot where people can put their zip code because I want to find out where people are, are based so I can play in their cities. So that's what you gotta do. <laughs> Simple as that. All right. Well, Stephanie, mm -hmm. thank you for joining me uh, once again. It's been an absolute pleasure to kind of catch up on everything going on. Of course, great to have you back on the East Coast, and I will certainly be at one of your shows very soon. In the meantime, folks, you go to stephaniejamesmusic.com. You'll find everything there, all the socials. Follow her, support her. You know, as I'm always saying, you know, leave the reviews, leave the comments. It's what builds everything up and definitely looking forward to the next conversation great thanks so much max i really appreciate it this is angelina singer author of the upper world series and you're listening to citywide blackout the best podcast for independent artists and that brings this episode to a close thanks for listening and don't forget to follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. You can find this show on your favorite podcast platforms and new episodes are added every week, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. You can get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com. Whether you want to suggest a guest, submit music for the bi-weekly Blackout Collection playlist, or just say hello. That's all for now, and I'll see you next time.
he's treating you better I hope you're working it out I hope he's taking the time to remind you You're all he ever thinks about I hope you know he's not selfish I hope he picks up the phone Just like me